Part eight of Coniston Tales by W. G. Collingwood. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The story of Thurston at the Thwaite. The division of High Furness was made in the reign of Henry the Second in the days of Abbot John Cantsfield. Dolphin of Kirby and the rest, as well as the two monks, are historical characters. All except the family at the Thwaite which place nevertheless may have been a norse settlement probably the first norse farmstead in our immediate neighbourhood it is true that no sagas were ever written here but there must have been tales told by the northmen's descendants which had they been written down would have fallen more or less into saga form thus chapter one of the folk that dwell there thurston hight a man he was swainson swain was thurston's son and their fore-elder was swain the son of thurston of the mere he dwelt at the thwaite that is at conningstoon in the land of horgan by the side of the mere that was his mere he was a stout man and a strong man of his hands but elderly and stirred out little from his fields down bank along the waterhead and the garths on the howe aback of his hall for he saw the way things were going and liked it not being a man of the old sort and not given to change most of all he hated king stephen though he had little love for king henry that was but ever a good word for the king of scots that had been reckoned overlord of these parts in his young days and let folk be with no talk of stirring old use and want now the old use in these parts was that every man was his own man and no king's man whosoever thurston wedded gunhild she was orm's daughter of kirby nigh girlworth but she was dead their son was swain and their daughter was ingeborg swain was a good farmer but this grieved thurston that his son should be ever after new-fangled ways in farming chapter two how the kentsdale men came now it was a day when men came to the thwaite and asked guesting none said nay for many passed by that road what with thing-men going to little langdale what with cooper lads and chapmen there would never be a two months time but new faces came by and all were welcome so when they had bite and sup says the head man of them well i know thee master thurston by name and better would i know thee by nature with that says he sitting easily in his high seat little is there to know but what there is to see i am an old man in the old spot well says the other there is one i serve would be thy friend good friends said he are always good finding true says he and this is a good friend and a bad foe i like him the better says thurston at the thwaite they call him william of lancaster the other went on i like him the worse says thurston in his beard splendor dex says the stranger but thou must like him or lump him and who art thou thrall of him they call baron to come napping french at me now this was bernard the forester and with him was his brother william and they had a half score of men with them and they leaped up and rattled the arrows in their quivers peace lads cried thurston i bide no durdums in my hall sit ye down and sup manly are ye slockened then come with me and i will show ye somewhat with that he took his great holling staff and went forth of the door going stiffly because of his age 
and of the sickness that was in his knee-joints, and led them up to his how, aback of the hall, and bade them to stand in the garth that was atop of the how, when you come out of the wood on the how-side. "'Look ye well,' said he, waving the hollin wand around, so that they backed somewhat. "'Look ye well, and see yon garths and fields, folds and cots, and the reek rising from the hall of the thwaite. "'All this land,' said he, thrusting the wand into the ground, "'all this land my four elders took, when it was no man's land. "'All this land they cleared and digged and ploughed and tilled. "'All yon cots they built for their thralls, and yon hall for themselves and their children. Two hundred winters they have lived on this spot, and I hold it now. Go back to your lord that calls himself a Northman, and tell him this. If Northman he be, a Northman's hand he shall have. If Frenchman he be, my old knees are none so lish as they were. And so the men went back to Kentdale, very ill-pleased. But as for the baron, men say he laughed at that word, and was loath to take it ill. CHAPTER Three, HOW TWO MONKS CAME TO THE THWAITE Now it was another day, and two monks came to that gate. They were clothed all in woollen, and wore white kirtles that were long to the feet, and hoods and white scarves they called scapulary, and over all, for the weather was cold by now, black gowns to wrap them in. Also they had boots, but gloves they wore none, and the thralls gaped at them but thurston gave them a seat and they broke bread but flesh-meat they would not so much as look at nevertheless they might drink ale and they drank it but not much so when they were fed they began to open out their business and it seemed that one was brother william of leeds he who afterwards was cellarer in the abbey of st mary's and the other was brother william of lonsdale why says master thurston it rains williams nowadays but no harm says he since we like a sup of wet and get it says the monk and thrive on it says thurston for says the monk he sendeth it on the evil and the good so i have heard tell says thurston maybe you think us heathens but many's the time that word has been flung at my head by father john there when we have had our little strifes easily settled father john easily settled man are they not it is well said the monk for we of holy church love a man of worth that bows his neck to the yoke that is easy and light and in that hope we come what now says thurston to the alehorn as it were our lord abbot and our house of saint mary in furness by the grant of king stephen of blessed memory whom god forgive says the old one it is well says the monk for all men need it and the prayer becomes all that can say it but as i am bidden tell thee our lord knowing thee to be a true son of the church though as yet lacking we all lack my good sir somewhat of perfection our lord would have thee know that by such kingly grant this land is in his holding it was never a king's to give broke forth master thurston hear me my good master and here a friend friendly wise our lord abbot is loath to use violence as violent men of the world use there be those yonder he went on waving his hand to the morning ward would think no more of roof burning and throat cutting than of smoking a wolf out of his earth now of all such our men be free for who dare touch the lands of holy church many ay and thy own kin they of kirby have come in to us 
and what ask we of them burdens gifts shames nay it is honour we show them gifts we give them their burdens as the apostle bids we bear ask master dolphin thy brother ask orm or any of the holders of the southlands and be guided but for all answer looked master thurston across the hall and through the reek of the hearth as one in dream and then slapping his right hand upon the arm of his seat said he see ye this old settle heart of oak it is and black with eld see ye yon rafters and balks such blue they be and even yet sound as a bell see ye the smoke going up for two hundreds of winters never has the spark died out on the hearth holy church we reverence lords we love not thralls we are not and sooner than follow young nithings to their shame i would see the roof of my father's in a low and lie like a blue coal among the ashes so the monks went home and told the abbot and he took it badly enough chapter four how thurston's house was divided so matters went on for that winter and no stir was made for if the abbot came in with force then he would have the baron against him and if the baron sent his men against the folk of the fells then the abbot would complain of him to the king but they went to work nevertheless by words and promises and threats to bend the holders to their side and so get what they wanted for it is said possession is nine points of the law and in a while swain thurstonson says he is bidden to kentdale to guest with the baron there and with much grumbling from his father off he goes in his best clothes and back he came boasting of the friendliness of my lord and the kindness of my lady and the new ways of hunting and the weapons he had seen until his old father bade him hold his peace for a fool and then must ingeberg away to the abbey for what father john called a pilgrimage for the good of her soul and will he nil he thurston must give her horse and horseman to ride withal and back she came chattering like a jay of the fair great houses of the monks and their chapel so rich with carven work and golden gems and the singing of the choir and the preaching of one that spoke to the heart and the goodness of all the holy men and their sufferings at the hands of worldly folk like me growls thurston at the thwaite and so he abode like one betwixt two fires or a balk of timber men are bringing to a house-building when the oxen are unruly and pull two ways at once chapter v doings at the thing now midsummer was come and men rode to the thing as of old use and wont for matters of the countryside were still talked over at the old spot in little langdale and folk met there year by year for their sports and their speaking however it were of little avail and this time it was said that there would be talk of this new business namely the business of the abbot and the baron and their striving for the fell country so thither rides thurston at the thwaite with his men and there he finds his kinsmen dolphin and ulf of kirby and orm of ograve and aylward of broughton and gilmichael of merton and orm bernulfson of urswick and seward and kettle and others of the old stock such had gone under the abbot because they lived near at hand to him and feared the church and saw what was coming but with these old thurston would have naught to do and when they spoke friendly he passed them by and when the business was opened 
they spoke for the abbot and praised his rule and their lot and threatened all gainsayers with the ban of the church and house-burning and man-slaying then spoke up the men out of westmoreland from ambleside way and bronulf's head and kentdale and the leith and they were for the baron bidding the fell folk think on his might and wealth for said they he could crush the whole tale of them as a lad cracks a nut in his teeth and then the old man held up his hand to speak he was tottering with eld and with wrath and the words clove to his tongue and he stood there white and angry being a laughing-stock to all but before speech could come on him there was thrusting among the crowd and into it pressed a little man in a long gown swordless and beardless but behind him was a company of billmen and bowmen no folk of the fells and around and about the thingstead rode a many men on great horses mailed and helmed with long spears and painted shields and one of them bare a banner and it was the banner of king henry and the little man going boldly up stood on the mount and cried out shrilly as one who speaks a strange tongue and mockingly as one who has his foe at his foot and he said by your leave good men and liege men all by the leave of this good company whatsoever it calls itself the king speaks hear the word of the king and so he fell to reading off a scroll in latin and setting it out in english bit by bit as a lad does with his grammar task henricus henry dei gratia by the grace of god rex anglia king of england and so forth and so forth sciatis omnes know ye all ad quos to whom presentes literae these present letters pervenerint may come and so forth in speximus cartam we have seen the charter friends by your leave i preterm it to the latin which is here for your learned inspection and come to the business in plain terms the king saith he confirms the grant of stephen earl of bologna and mortania and late king of england to the abbot and monks of saint mary in furness giving them all his forest of furness and wagony and so forth and so forth likewise our lord the king hath seen and does hereby confirm the grant from the honour of westmoreland to william of lancaster of the barony of kentdale and so forth and whereas a certain land or lands being forest and debatable ground is or are in dispute betwixt the two namely the abbey of furness and the barony of kentdale and whereas for the better holding of the king's peace and the settlement of this realm it is reasonable and proper that such dispute should be determined now therefore the king commands and ordains that thirty good men and true being well acquainted with such land or lands namely the lands in dispute between the abbey of st mary's in furness and the barony of kentdale do appear before commissioners as hereby constituted and hereinafter appointed and there and then make oath that they will truly and justly and equally survey apportion and divide the land or lands in the dispute herebefore mentioned and that such division being made and determined the parties thereto are hereby summoned what says the chattering con in a tongue a man may hear quoth thurston to his son thus much i gather that they have netted the boar and will forthwith flay him and when folk saw a young man leading an old one they made way seeing that he was sick to death 
Chapter Six of the Withstanding in Newdale Beck. Thurston at the Thwaite sat on his how that is a back of his hall in the garth that is now on the how as you come out of the woods on the how side. Thurston sat there on a rig of stone that comes up out of the turf, and the stone is a blue stone, but is waved in the bait like sand of the sea strand, and that stone is there to this day. Thurston had let do on him his sword that was his father's and his father's father's sword before him, and he loosened the strings from the sheath, and laid it athwart his knees, and no man spoke to him. In Newdale all was still, but about noontide, when the sun was bright, there was a flickering in the trees of Udale, where Udale Beck comes out from betwixt Raven Crag and Udale Crag, and in a while a company of people was seen, some afoot, some a horse, coming down the beck-bottom as it were down a road now these were the company of the thirty men who had taken oath to divide the land of the fells according to the bidding of henry and their dividing was on the wise first they compassed the country round about beginning even from little langdale and going by the broad water that is brathe to the head of winandermere and thence by leven to greenod and then they made the boundary from the thingstead to Renshaws, and so down the Duddon to Broughton and the Sands. And lastly they halved the land, so marked out, for they came beating the bounds from the Brathe to Tillsburgthwaite, and from Tillsburgthwaite down Udale Beck, and so to the head of Thurston's Water, and down the farther shore of Thurston's Water to Crake. But by now they were come into Udale, and the array of their company was seen flashing and moving in the noonday sunlight, in the dale betwixt the crags and the woods wherein the tarns are which when the old man saw he stood up and held his sword in his right hand and passing out of the garth door he went slowly down the hill that was his how and stood in the beck that was his beck wading knee-deep in the brown water and standing there so still that the trout nestled and nosed against his knees when suddenly by a bend of the river the foremost of the thirty sworn men came in sight, and it was Dolphin of Kirby, who, knowing that land right well, was the guide and leader in their wayfaring, and he was the brother of Thurston's wife, whom, when Thurston saw, he bade him stand and asked him by what right he thus entered his land, with men not unarmed. "'Brother,' said he. "'No, brother,' cried the old man. I know thee not, if thou be not that niffing of the Northmen, that thrall of the monks, that betrayer of thy kin. Peace, old man, cried they all, and let the king's warrant pass. Fiend take ye all, shrieked the old man, and his eyes were flashing and his face trembling. Foul fall your king, and you, ye dastards, niffings all. And he spat upon them, and heaved up his brand to fall upon the foremost, crying out with a great cry. But even in that cry he fell, and lay there, flat in the water, and when men stooped to lift him up, there was no life in him. CHAPTER Seven, BURYING OF THURSTON After that went Swain Thurstonson to Dalton, to speak with the priest there of the burying of his father that was dead, for folk of these parts must go even so far to get kirk burial. But the priest, he was brother to the abbot of Furness, 
said that one who had fallen in resisting the church and the king's men and with ill words in his mouth should have no christian burial at his hands and so they buried him on his how and poor folk wept for him and so ends the story end of part eight